Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Because someone has to say it, and no one does it better than Inez Says. Hey, hello, and I welcome you back to the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. Thanks for being here today. You can find the podcast all over the place, including the WDBO app. You can find it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well. And check me out on the radio every single weekday morning with Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 in Orlando. You can stream us outside of O-Town right there in the WDBO app. Well, it's very, very rare. Matter of fact, this is the very first time. This is the first time that we do a book interview here on the Inez Says Podcast. I guarantee you I get 10 to 20 emails per day from PR folks wanting to sell books. But today, today I make the exception, not just because the man you're about to meet is a friend and former colleague of mine, but because the book you're about to hear about is so riveting and so appropriate with Veterans Day coming up here very soon that I thought, okay, I'm going to take the plunge here. So today I chat with Dr. Walt Larimore. Dr. Walt for years was on WDBO in Orlando with me, did a weekly segment and would really become our go-to medical expert. Anyway, Dr. Walt has become a best-selling author and he recently wrote a book about his father. It's a book that captures the essence of the greatness of the greatest generation. Here's that chat now with the son of Philip Larimore, Dr. Walt Larimore. Dr. Walt, welcome. How are you? Good to be with you, Scott. There can't be a better host in the country than Scott and Ed. Those 15 years that we worked together, I just treasure them, and, and it warms my heart to hear your voice again. Well, it warms my heart as well, and it's great to talk to you again. The main reason I wanted to have you on the Inez Says podcast is to talk about your incredible book as Veterans Day approaches. Veterans Day is November 11th. So it's so appropriate here. It's called At First Light, a true World War II story of a hero, his bravery, and an amazing horse. It's a great title. There's so much to unpack here, Doc. But tell me about this man who you write about because I know he was very near and dear to your heart. He's your dad. Tell me about it. Well, it is my dad. And a lot of people say, oh, somebody writing about their dad. I'm going to run from that as <laughs> far as I can. But it turns out this this dad that my I and my brothers love, we knew he had fought in the war. We knew he was a hero because of the medals in his office, because of the picture signed by a half a dozen generals, including General Eisenhower, a picture signed by President Truman, picture signed by Winston Churchill. Mm. We knew he had done something. We just didn't know what because he wouldn't talk about it until he and mom hit their 45th anniversary. And he just began to open up, and he shared stories, Scott, that quite frankly were unbelievable. I just thought he was spinning tails, you know. Mm -hmm. And then he passed away, uh, unfortunately passed away quickly in his sleep, happily when he, in 2003. But after he passed away, we found his footlocker. 
and in it were almost 500 letters, three history books chock full of reports of how he won his medals and what he did fighting on the southern front in Europe. Amazing, absolutely amazing horse stories, including saving the Lipizzan stallions from Hitler. And as I began to research more and more, I found out all those tall tales he told were actually true. Mm. And then it was about 16 years of research, eight different states around the country, to Italy, to France, to England, pulling out documents, finding secret documents, and then spinning that into a book that has, I was just glad it got published, but so far, all the reviews are five-star. Most of the reviewers say it's the best World War II book that they've ever written. And it's not because I wrote it. It's because, Scott, that really was the greatest generation. Two million men fought in Europe, almost a half a million casualties. And nobody knows about the Southern Front. They fought 900 in 13 days. And so this book is about the forgotten front. It's about the men and women on that front who had the most casualties, the most medals of honor, the most distinguished service crosses, the highest losses, and some of the greatest feats in the history of military occurred on this southern front. And as I said, there's so much to unpack here, but I, I want to go back to what you said about people of the greatest generation, because they don't typically talk about what happened back in the day. They, they were not braggadocio. They, they just wanted to come home and live their lives. So how did you find out? Like, I mean, you, you told us that your dad just one day decided to open up after his 45th anniversary. Is, is that how it happened? Yeah, I I was, uh, you know, Barb and I were down in Kissimmee at the time. And that year uh, of his 45th anniversary, uh, July 4th, was on a Sunday. Our pastor was going to be away, and he said, Hey, Walt, I know your dad was Army. Would you be willing to, to do a sermon that day on why freedom isn't free? And so Mom and Dad's anniversary was a month before that. It was the 45th. And my three brothers and I were sitting around talking with Dad, and I, I said, I've got this Thurman, I know you've got some feelings about why freedom and free. Um, tell us some stories. And I, I guess the timing was right. He was feeling nostalgic. Um, I was doing a little research. So he opened up. I was able to tape record that time together. And then after he died, uh, well, well, between then and when he died over those, those next eight years, he opened up with other people. He opened up with the scoutmasters. He loved scouting. He opened up with the boys that he coached, that he scouted, uh, that, he, that he was a scoutmaster for. He opened up with colleagues at work and with friends. And uh, then when he died, we found all of the records. And as I began to interview men he fought with or their children, as I began to interview his friends, as I interviewed my brothers, because he told all of us different stories, all of that meshed together into an account that, that I had one reviewer just this week that said, this book's like Forrest Gump, only it's true. Right. Um, it's got the war stories, uh, as horrible as they are. It has horse stories chopped through it because Dad was a world-class equestrian. It's got some romance, but romance writers, readers love the story. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's got a particularly poignant story about a month before the end of the war, uh, dad lost his leg. He was saving a group of men that were surrounded, a sniper 
took his leg off, and he came back to the country after the war and rehabilitated as an amputee. It appears that he was the first person to develop equine therapy for soldiers that were recovering. But, Scott, in those days, if you were enlisted and you lost a limb, you could stay in the Army. But if you were an officer, they kicked you out. You were not considered human. You were not considered officer and gentleman uh, uh, material anymore. And Dad thought that that was wrong. It was wrong morally. It was wrong ethically. And he devoted every bit of his effort at fighting that unjust, inhumane policy with the help of General Eisenhower, with the help of President Truman, all the way up to a final hearing at the uh, Department of War. It was called then Department of Defense now. But, Scott, I found that transcript of that hearing in the National Archives. And you may remember the movie A Few Good Men where Tom Cruise, the character Tom Cruise is playing, is hammering the witness who's played by Jack Nicholson. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the most gripping courtroom scenes in film history. This transcript of Dad's hearing is very similar. These men did not believe that he was fully human, that he deserved to stay in the Army. And so he fought that unjust policy. And I think it's one of the highlights of the book, um, along with along with saving the lipizzans. That was a that was a wonderful discovery. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. I mean, your dad is a hero in so many ways here. Your father was part of the 30th Infantry that eventually liberated Rome, as you said. So tell us about this secret mission that your father embarked on during World War II, Operation Cowboy, I believe it was, because it was basically told, look, if you get caught, we will deny everything, correct? Correct. His, his, uh, the commander of the 30th Infantry Regiment, Colonel McCarr, the commander of the 3rd Infantry Division uh, under which they, they fought, uh, those men were equestrians, and they knew Dad was an equestrian, and, and readers will, will learn why. For example, in Anzio and in the Vosges Mountains, Dad developed the technique of training mules to deliver ammunition to the front line. He was, God, he was the youngest ever graduate of Officer Candidate School at 17. Uh, he was the youngest commissioned officer in World War II. He was commissioned at 18. Uh, he was the youngest second lieutenant, then he was the youngest first lieutenant. He was the youngest captain at 19. He was the youngest company commander. At, at 19, uh, he won every medal, uh, every medal of valor with the exception of the Medal of Honor. So besides being one of the youngest officers in World War II, he was the youngest frontline officer and one of the most highly decorated officers. In fact, one of his wounds he recovered in a hospital in an officer's ward right next to Audie Murphy, mm. uh, who people remember. And that's a wonderful story of how he and Audie Murphy became friends. But anyway... The German army was a, uh, the artillery was a horse-drawn artillery. We were mechanized, but most of the German army was actually horse-drawn. In fact, at one point in 1944, 1945, the German army was losing between five and 7,000 horses a month uh, in the war effort. And so, um, but because of his equestrian status, Dad was called in to the commanding officer a month before the end of the war, actually three days before he lost his leg, and he was told that Hitler had gathered together in Czechoslovakia all of the royal breeds of horses. There were 
Frisians and Andalusians and Berbers and um, thoroughbreds and and liposines. In fact, the entire breeding population of liposines in the world had been gathered by Hitler from across northern Africa and Europe into a horse farm in Czechoslovakia. And Hitler, who, you know, wanted the quote-unquote perfect race, you know, the Aryan race, wanted for the perfect race the perfect horse. And he had finally decided the liposines were that horse, and they were undergoing a breeding program to even purify the breed more. Well, the problem with that was that the Russians had been given uh, the job of liberating Czechoslovakia. And so because there was so much starvation in Russia and so much starvation in the troops, anything they came across, they killed, cooked, and ate. And the alarm went up in Czechoslovakia when a trailer, I think it was 22 liposines were being transported from East Czechoslovakia to West to save them. The Russians caught them, killed them, cooked them, and ate them. So now the alarm went up at the Nazi horse farm. My gosh, the entire breed is going to be completely wiped out. So the call went out to America, please come save the liposines. So dad was called in. Uh, he was told there, would, there was a pilot that volunteered to fly a Piper Cub into Czechoslovakia, about 200 miles, which is the limit that, that the Cubs could fly then. Uh, Dad they, was asked to go in. He would go in without dog tags, without identification. He couldn't ask the pilot's name. The pilot couldn't ask his name. They were to land in a field in a forest, meet the Czechoslovakian resistance, and then document where the liposines there or not. And he was told, if you get caught, you're AWOL. We're disavowing your mission. If you're killed, you're AWOL. There's no life insurance. There's no benefits for you or for your family. And you will be a disgrace. And Dad said, I'll do it. And so he flew in, landed. That almost wrecked, almost crashed, landed. And then found that, indeed, the liposines were there. And the subtitle of the book, An Amazing Horse, I won't say much about it, but he meets a horse there uh, in Czechoslovakia that later saves his life. That's all I'll say about that. But anyway, after Dad went back to the front line, told his story, it percolated up to General Patton, who approved an illegal operation called Operation Cowboy. And the 47th Cavalry went into Czechoslovakia illegally gathered up all those horses and walked them to the border, and all of them survived, including the, the pregnant mares. It was a, a remarkable, remarkable story. In fact, Disney made it into a movie, Scott, mm. uh, called The uh, Miracle Stallion or The White Stallion or something like that that came out in the 50s. Your entire story, I mean, about your father, his stories, they sound like Hollywood scripts. So I, I think there is a, a future movie to be made about your father and, and his experiences in World War II. He is a true hero. I could go on and on and on, but I'm going to stop it right here because I want people to get your book. Your dad is certainly a gift, a gift for you, a, a gift to this country, like so many of those other young men who liberated the world from tyranny in World War II, Doc. The book is called At First Light, 
a true World War II story of a hero, his bravery, and an amazing horse. Go buy it. I assume, Doc, folks can get the book at their favorite bookstore or internet site? Absolutely. Any bookstore that doesn't have it can order it. All the internet sites uh, have it, and it's, it's available there. And uh, if, if it's a blessing to you, share it with others. Uh, it's got some salty language, but mm-hmm. it's a war book. Uh, but, Scott, i got to tell you, when Tom Brokart came out and started talking about the greatest generation, I was skeptical. I thought there's been a lot of great generations. But once I studied what happened in that trench warfare and in the front lines, what those men went through, and, and the ones that came back home, like Dad, would bristle. If you called them a hero, they'd almost get angry. Mm-hmm. They would say, no, I was there doing my job. The heroes are the ones who were buried there. And the 400,000 that we that we left there, that we left behind. And I hope in this day of political polarization that we can all look back on how America at one time, that great generation, pulled together everyone that fought together and everyone that was at home sacrifice for our freedom, our liberty, our country, and, oh, from our lips to God's ears, maybe someday that same thing will happen again. Amen to that, Doc. And I think your father epitomizes what the greatest generation was all about. You know, selfless people who gave so much to their country. In a lot of cases, they made the ultimate sacrifice. And for all intents and purposes, from what I know of your father, judging by how many times he was wounded over there, he could very well have uh, have perished over there but thank you for telling his story it is a wonderful story again at first light a true world war ii story of a hero his bravery and an amazing horse go buy your favorite bookstore or your favorite site there doc it's been a pleasure thanks for sharing this story about your father with the world okay scott i appreciate the privilege it's been a real honor and happy holidays to you thanks to dr walt larimore for the chat on the inez says podcast that will wrap it up for the podcast today appreciate you being here i'll see you next time every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s-based restoration specialist on your team You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.